Uh, before we go any further, let's just open up in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you, God. Uh, just so thankful to be here, thankful for everyone that is here, uh, thankful for uh, a full house, God. And Lord, as we go forward in the service, God, uh, we, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for who you are and what you've done for each and every one of us, God. Uh, but right now, as we go forward, I pray that you just speak to me and through me, God. I pray that you'd open up our eyes and our hearts and show each and every one of us what we stand in need of, God. Uh, more than anything, we pray that you're glorified uh, in everything that we do and everything that we say. Lord, I pray that you lead this service. I pray that you bless this time. Let your spirit fall on us. It's not by us, but it's only by you. We give you all the praise and glory, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can go with me to uh, Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 13. This has been a, a long week for me. It just seems like a busy, just the start of basketball season, and we had our cross-country state this week, and I was sick for most of it uh, with some stomach issues. So, and I think, I think Rach has been sick also, but I think from a completely separate uh, issue. Uh, but that all being said, it seems like on weeks where uh, hell uh, prevails against me, it seems like them are the good weeks for sermons. Seems like them are the best weeks uh, as far as God showing himself strong on my behalf and, or speaking to me, whatever. Uh, so I've never preached on this uh, passage of Scripture. This is, this is new. This is fresh to me. And it, I know several of you weren't here this morning to hear Kenny's devotion, but one thing he always says, one thing I always say is, you know, his devotions come from a place of like conviction for him, and, and these sermons, uh, my devotions, whatever messages, whatever, they always come from a place of deep conviction for me. So a lot of times you feel like you're getting your, the finger pointed at you by me and I'm telling you to do better. I'm, I'm preaching to myself uh, more than I'm speaking to any person here. Uh, so we're going to start in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 13. The Bible says this. It says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me judge or arbiter between you? And then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus of grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. And then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. So... Here in the Bible, we see these two men arguing, and one says, you know, Jesus, tell my brother to give me half of the inheritance. He says, well, let me tell you this parable. And he says, be, be careful and be on guard. And he gives them this parable, and he says that there was this man, and he had, a, he had a really good field, and this field yielded a large harvest of crops. And the man says, well, I ain't got nowhere to store all these crops. This field's banging, and I've got all these crops. I have nowhere to store them. And he says, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll tear down my barns, and I'll build bigger ones. And then it'll be full of grain. And he said, then I'll say to myself, I can look at all that I have, and I can go, man, I'm, I'm set for life. 
So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it easy. I'm going to eat, I'm going to drink, I'm going to be merry, and I'm just going to take it easy. And the Bible says, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? And then Jesus says in the last verse, in verse 21, he says, this is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. And I read that this week and I, I began to, to think of how much we store up things for ourselves. And this is me speaking to myself. And I thought about all the people on this planet that will spend their whole life working like a slave to try to gain possessions, to try to gain extra, to try to get ahead, to try to do it. And there's, there's nothing necessarily wrong with trying to be prepared. There's nothing necessarily wrong with trying to get ahead. There's nothing wrong with having things. But it's easily can become an idol. And that's what Jesus says, is He says, watch out and be on guard against all kinds of greed. And then He goes on to say, He says, this is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. And I thought about that. And I thought, man, what, what does it mean to be rich toward God? Because that, that sounds like a good thing. Uh, being rich on earth, it's definitely got its bonuses, definitely got its benefits, Right? Uh, I'm sure if there was some Bill Gates was out in the parking lot handing out $1,000 bills, we'd all take one, right? You know, no one would complain or gripe about it too much. Uh, but at the end of the day, we ought to know that that money's not going to make you happy. Amen. Possessions aren't going to give you happiness. And possessions hold zero eternal value. And that's what this parable is about. God says, you fool. He says, What's, who's going to take over all this surplus of grain? And the question was rhetorical because it, wasn't, it didn't matter who took it over. It didn't matter at all who, who got all the surplus of grain. The point was it was absolutely meaningless, that it had no eternal value, that, yeah, good job, you, you've got all this extra, you've got all this surplus of grain, you're set for years and years and years of your life, but your soul is no more ready for the next life than it was when you didn't have anything. Then the last verse, rich toward God. And so I had, I had a Bible note and it directed me back to kind of this passage of Scripture in Matthew uh, in chapter 6. And it said, rich toward God. Anything done in life that has eternal value will be rewarded. That's what it means to be rich toward God. And as I read that and I thought about that, and I, I chewed on this for several days about this being rich toward God thought. Because it's, and then I, I started to think, well, if, if you're going to be rich in anything, if you're going to be rich toward God, then there, there has to be time. There has to be effort. There has to be this investment. Like it's not, it's not like buying a lottery ticket. You don't just go buy the God ticket and become, oh, you win the lottery. You're rich in God. No, it's like anything else. There's work involved. You reap what you sow. There's effort involved. There's time spent thinking. There's time uh, spent seeking. There's effort no one just wakes up and is immediately blessed and rich toward God. And I thought about that, and I thought about, man, how do, how do I be rich in God? You know, I, I want to be more rich in God. I, I, want to, I want to do things in my life that have eternal value. Amen. That's not just seeking after things, but that actually has an impact on the kingdom of God, that actually has eternal value. And I thought, well, I need to think more. And it got me to thinking about what do I think about every day. And 
The Bible, Jesus goes on from here and, and he finishes this parable and he actually turns to his disciples and he starts to tell his disciples not to worry about what you'll eat. Don't worry about what you'll drink. Don't worry about what you'll wear. And he goes through all these different things and he says, consider the flowers of the field, how, how beautiful they are and how well clothed they are. Even Solomon wasn't clothed as much as them. And he goes on, he gets down to verse 31 in the same chapter here and he says, but seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added to you. So he says, don't worry about the little things of life. Don't worry about this and don't worry about that. But worry about God's business. Think about those things. Seek after his kingdom first. And then he goes on to say, in the very last, or he goes on to say in verse 34, he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I was thinking about this, and for me, a lot, of the, a lot of the things that I think about are not necessarily godly, but they're not necessarily sinful, right? They're, they're possessions, they're things. So for example, I've been on a get a new bow kick. So that's what, that's what I've thought a lot about. I've been thinking about this new compound bow. I want the Hoyt RX-7. That's what I want. Okay, so that's, that's where my thought has been, and that's where a lot of my thoughts have been. And I, I thought about how much time has been wasted thinking and building this bow on their website like thousands of times. And I, I thought about that, and I was convicted about this. I was like, this bow has become my treasure, and I don't even have it, you know? But I thought about that, and I, I thought about, I start worrying about everybody else. You know, I need to probably worry more about myself, not less about other people. But I thought, how much time do we spend thinking about things that have absolutely zero eternal value. Amen. How many miles of social media do we scroll through just looking at just crap that is absolutely pointless, that has zero eternal value? That it's, it's, other, people's, it's other people's RX-7s. It's other people's possessions. It's other people's things. It's other people's highlights and their good times. And, and one thing that is said is comparison is the thief of joy. And so I could get on a social media kick and I could really run it down. I hate it. Uh, and I'm actually off of it. And I feel like it's been a really good time since I've been off of it. Uh, but how much time do we spend treasuring things that have no value? And the Bible says, what you treasure is where your heart will be also. You know, above all else, guard your heart for everything that you do flows from it, right? So this, this heart that we have, that it's not something that should just be fixed on just any old thing. That, that, that Jesus said in this parable that watch out, don't be greedy, be on your guard against all kinds of greed because life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So it, it says be careful don't have your heart treasured on things, on items, on trucks, on houses, on possessions. Be careful. Don't spend your whole life working and build up a big storehouse full of grain because it don't ultimately matter, right? That, that spend your life doing things that have eternal value. Be careful what you treasure, for where you treasure, what you truly care about, what you think about, what you spend the most time dwelling on, that's where your heart will be. And if you're going to be real honest with yourself and you were, and you were beginning to think about what, what is your mind thought about all week? What's been at the forefront of your mind? That's what your treasure is and that is where your heart is. And if we're not careful and we're not guarded 
And if we were real honest, there might be some things in the sanctuary that are not considered good godly treasures. Myself included, right? That we have to be careful. And the Bible talks about this. It says this in Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 6. It says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. And I think about in my life times when I'm really anxious, and this week was one of those times. Felt like I had a lot of pressure on me uh, from things going on at work and just life in general. I had a lot of anxious thoughts. And I, I get into this scripture and it, it tells me not to worry. But the Bible says that the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life, but it also says peace. That if we'll keep our mind set on Jesus Christ, if we'll keep our heart set on Him, if, if them are the things that we dwell on, that there is a great blessing. Not just eternal life, but peace. You have peace on your heart. You know that at the end of the day that God is working all things for the good of those who love the Lord, who have been called according to His purpose. That there's, there's good things. There's, there's great benefits to knowing God. There's great benefits to serving Him. And although life's not perfect, and although we go through storms, and although there's, there's loved ones sick, and there's the, all these problems going on in our life, these things to be anxious about, God tells us, don't worry, but seek first my kingdom. But have a mindset set on me and you're going to have peace. And ultimately, you're going to spend your mind dwelling on things that are eternal and not temporary. And in the end, you will be rewarded in heaven. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says this. It says, set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And then it goes on to say in the second verse, it says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. It's really easy to get, to get caught up thinking and spending so much time thinking on things that don't matter. It don't matter. Whether it be social media, whether it be thinking about how you're going to get moved into a bigger house, whether, whether it be thinking about other people's business or just coveting other people's items or their, or their new hunting bows, right? It's easy to think about things that don't matter. And so one thing we've... Uh, one thing that's been going on this week is we, our Sunday school class has a little Bible devotional that we do uh, through the Bible app. And it's actually really cool. And it's, I think it's really encouraged uh, some of our young people. And it's actually, it's not even our Sunday school class anymore. It's, there's a ton of people in it that are not in our Sunday school class. Uh, but one thing, you go through this Bible plan together. And we've been choosing different topics. And we'll go through this Bible plan together. Uh, and this past week was all about prayer. It was all about prayer. It's all about seeking God. It was all about having alone time with Him. And every, everything was about prayer, whether it be prayer for yourself, prayer for other people, uh, praying with other believers. Uh, this week was centered on prayer. And boy, that, that had a great impact on me because I, I, at first, I was more motivated to pray. Uh, I was more convicted that I need to pray, uh, not just for myself, but for other people. And as I thought about that, man, I realized, man, I've spent so much more time dwelling on God and dwelling on the things that are eternal rather than dwelling on silly things, things that don't matter. Things, whether it be extra stress from work or whether it be uh, things that I don't need, right? I spent more time seeking God. AJ, if you'll come. I spent more time seeking things that mattered. And it got me, it got me thinking, and this was all pressed on my heart, and 
as I was praying, I spent more time in prayer this week than I've spent in a long time. And it was, it was a good thing. It was a godly thing. And I thought, man, I need to do this more. I need to spend more time seeking God, more time in prayer for other people, for a prayer for our community, prayer for our church, prayer for these services, prayer for myself, having that relationship with Him. And I could feel it in my life making an eternal impact. And I thought, man, one of the days of prayer was about gratitude. And I thought, boy, I've got a lot to be thankful for that God has done for me. Not just random things that's happened. Not just things that's went my way. And there's been, a, there's been a ton of things that went my way. But the Bible says that every good and perfect thing is a gift from above. Amen. And I got to thinking about my life and where God has blessed me and God has encouraged me the times that I felt rich toward God. And I sort of look back at those times. And you know, the interesting thing was, the times where I felt the richest toward God were in times of brokenness, were in times of loneliness, in times of heartbreak, in times when I was really discouraged. Amen. Then were the times where God showed Himself strong on my behalf, then were the times where I felt God's love, where I felt God treasure me, where I felt God put His, uh, His arms around me and encourage me. And so I wanted to share with you today that let us treasure the things that matter. Let's not set our, our focus on things of the world. Let's not set our, our, our focus on possessions and gaining uh, wealth and, and gaining just things. But let's have a life that is meaningful. Let's have a life that is impactful. Paul said this in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. He said, However, I consider my life nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying of the good news of God's grace. Amen. You see, Paul knew that everything in this life that we see, that we focus on, that we mess around with, it don't really matter. But see, God has called you to something. He's called you to something greater than just things and possessions. He's called you to things that are eternal, Amen. right? And Paul said, my only aim it's to finish this race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. What has Jesus called you to do? It's called most of you to be parents, right? It's called some of us to be uh, leaders in the church. He's called some of you to be school teachers. You have great value yourself. Amen. My challenge for this church today is to go make an impact for the kingdom of God. Stop worrying about everything else. Stop worrying at all. And seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things are going to work out. I want to be rich toward God. And I also want to encourage those who've come here today that's dealing with things, who's actually going through things, who feel broken, who feel like, their man, life has been really, really rough on me here lately. And I just happened to walk into this church on day. If that's you, I want to encourage you with this. Amen. 
It's those times when I was broken, where I was messed up, where I was discouraged, where I was lonely, when I felt God's presence and richness the most. Jesus Christ is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There's nothing better than being broken in the presence of God. And, I, and I'm talking broken. That there's, there's something special when your heart is overwhelmed, when you feel like you're at rock bottom, remember that it's a great foundation on which to build. And somebody might be at rock bottom today. Hey, that's a great place to start looking up. That's a great foundation to start building on Jesus Christ. If y'all stand with me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If anybody wants to pray for any reason, just consider these altars open. Nobody looking around right now. If there's anybody that just wants to raise their hand and uh, not to call you out, not to embarrass you, but just pray with you. If anybody needs any prayer for anything, feel like you can raise your hand. God sees those hands. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you today, God. Lord, just so thankful for who you are, for what you've done for each and every one of us, God. Lord, as we leave here today, Lord, I pray that we'd first glorify you with our lives. God, that we wouldn't set our mind on things that are temporary. God, but we would set our focus, our heart, our minds on things that are eternal. Lord, and I pray that you would lead us, you would guide us, God, you'd show us all what we stand in need of, God, and you'd show us how we could make an impact on those around us, Lord. Lord, we know it's not by us, but it's only by you. We thank you, we love you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.